This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, a quick reminder that you've got till the end of this week to join Slate Plus and get a big discount. If you enjoy this show, Slate Plus is the best way to give us a boost. Slate Plus is our membership program. Your contribution helps us produce the show you hear each and every day. It also lets you read absolutely everything you want on Slate.com. We'll even give you a special way to hear the show without ads. And for the month of October, we are offering our annual Slate Plus membership at $25 off. So now is really the time to show us some love. You can sign up at Slate.com slash WhatNextPlus. Again, that's Slate.com slash WhatNextPlus. All right, here we go. It's funny to make a list of all the places Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema can't seem to go these days without running into a constituent brandishing a smartphone and a long list of questions. Cinema has been pulled aside while rushing past security at Reagan National Airport. She's been confronted while on a flight, squashed into a seat next to the aisle. And she's also been approached at Arizona State University. She teaches a class in social work there. Actually, I am heading out. If you watch enough of these confrontations, you realize there's a pattern. It doesn't matter what the people who approach cinema want to talk about. Immigration, climate change, voting rights. The senator is remarkably consistent. She simply acts like the people who want her attention aren't there. There was just a wedding she was at last weekend that we had some uh, protesters at. And, you know, it, it, it was nightmarish. Sylvia Gonzalez-Andersh is an Arizona Democrat. Not really the type to follow a senator down a hallway and live stream it. But her political network is talking about these videos, commenting on them. Shame on cinema! Sylvia says the protesters who crashed that wedding the other day, they were there because Senator Cinema was scheduled to officiate. They brought placards, they were loud, and they recorded everything. Corporate show! Corporate show! Corporate show! They got a picture of her in there dancing with this guy dressed up in a, looked like a dinosaur costume. It, it's just surreal. This person is not my daughter. My daughter is getting married. The mother of the bride came out and said, please, this is my daughter's wedding and you can't be doing this. It's my daughter's wedding. So please, her out. The protesters are saying, well, we'll be quiet during the ceremony, but send her out here to talk to us and we'll be glad to leave. Videos like this one tick Sylvia off because she sees the senator dancing, having fun, 
And she can't help but contrast all that with what cinema is up to in Washington. The senators come out against raising corporate tax rates. She's come out against lowering prescription drug costs. In other words, cinema has become a major roadblock to her own party's agenda. You know, we thought that this was going to be different. But since she's been there, I, I'm also kind of working the Democratic Party, and she she will not answer anybody. And I go to any meetings, and people know me, and they're like, what is going on with her? The funny thing about Sylvia is that she's not just any Arizona Democrat. For the last couple of years, she's been working with Senator Cinema as part of her Veterans Advisory Council. That did not mean Sylvia was any more successful getting the senator's attention than those protesters have been. It came to the point where I didn't even want to tell anybody I was on her council anymore because I would get just angry. I mean, they're not angry at me. I wasn't taking it personal, but they were feeling so much outrage and so much frustration at the inability to be able to connect with her about issues that are so important. So last week, Sylvia resigned, and she convinced four other veterans to leave alongside her. She doesn't speak to her constituents. All we can see is her speak going to donor events and running marathons and doing cute little curtsies in Congress to turn down the minimum wage. And, and this is just, I think, desperation on most people's part to try to, to tell her how, how we feel. Today on the show, everyone wants to know what's on Kirsten Cinema's mind. Sylvia, she was hoping to change it. She'll explain what happened instead. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As a member of the military, she was in the Air Force and then a nurse in the VA. Sylvia Gonzalez-Andersh says she tried to stay out of politics. Trump changed that. He helped her realize just how progressive she was. And she started volunteering with the local Democratic Party. That's how she found herself knocking on doors for would-be Senator Kirsten Sinema back in 2018. You know, you get your your list and they tell you to go out and knock on all these doors. And, and I said, well, who am I knocking on doors for? And they, and they said, oh, these are uh, left-leaning independents and some Democrats that have like poor voting records. And, you know, you want to get people activated and and stuff. And it was it was not pleasant. You know, I have a veteran friend who, who was, you know, practically assaulted, you know, while she was out canvassing for her. Just unbelievable. I mean, I got the door slammed in my face personally several times. Were you excited when Cinema won? 
oh, I, we were ecstatic. We, we felt like we had done some good work and that was hard work. And we were proud of the fact that we had, you know, helped elect the first woman senator from Arizona as a Democrat. We were very proud. Were you like up late watching the returns or were you like at a party? No, no. I w- I'm kind of the kind of person I do what I have to do and then I have to go in my little shell and, and just kind of hope for the best and then come out when, you know, it, it's, a, it's a little overwhelming sometimes to have that much, feel like you have that much on the line. And, you know, that that's just my personal response to it. I have to step back a little bit. But Sylvia, she'd gotten a taste for politics, which is why when she heard that the newly minted senator was establishing a volunteer advisory council on veterans issues, she thought, I could do that. It was advertised as a way for the senator to have boots on the ground back home in Arizona. Sylvia sent in her application and a headshot. Then she drove two and a half hours from home for an interview. You've said you left the interview thinking, well, I didn't get that gig. Why do you think that? Well, because I, I stated very clearly that I was progressive, that I wanted, you know, changes on women's, you know, issues. And I didn't want to be, you know, lying and say, I just want to be here and I'm going to agree with everything she says. I wanted them to know that I was more of a progressive and I was going to give her that side of the story. That's interesting. So even back then, you knew that the senator was tacking towards the center and you said, listen, I'm here for something else. Well, I I was there to be honest about as a woman veteran, where my position was, I, I wasn't going to be a rubber stamp for her. At least that that was the wanted the impression I wanted to give them. And that's why I didn't think that I would hear from them. Of course, Sylvia did hear back. She'd gotten the position. There's a picture I've seen of you with Senator Cinema. She's with a big group of, of veterans. Can you tell me the story of that picture, like how it was taken? Yeah, that is actually the only time I was ever in a meeting with her in person. Wow. <laughs> we finally had a meeting in Phoenix and they asked us all to come. And so we went up there and, you know, we kind of get there. Were and you we're excited? In... I mean, you must have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh, she's going to be there. Maybe. We, we weren't sure. And and so we were in the, um, in the conference room. We're all sitting around the table and... Um, she comes in with her entourage and she sits down at the table and she starts the agenda and she's just like, bam, 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 bam. And, you know, she's going through and she's telling everybody what to do and she gets through the, the whatever it is she wants to accomplish. And then we go around the table and say our names and where we're from. And that was about it. And then she gets up from the table and she's, OK, now it's time for a photo op. And and we need to get this picture. And we're like, okay. So we get up, we go over to the area and we're, I'm kind of standing there, you know. And she just says, no, no, you need to be over here. She grabs me by the shoulders and she moves me and she puts me exactly where she wants me. And I'm like, the well, senator. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay, huh. then <laughs> I'll stand right here. You know, and she did that to everybody. And then, well, not everybody, but I, I don't know if she did it to her. But I do remember her physically saying, no, grabbing me by the shoulders and moving me over there. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, the picture was taken and then she left. It's funny because my impression from that story. You could come out thinking, oh, she's quite commanding. Like, she knows what she wants. She, you know, lines things up the way that she wants them. But then you could also come out with a different perspective, which is, does she have time for listening? 
Well, I mean, you know, at, at first you're right. That was the feeling. I said, she's very powerful. She's a very uh, strong woman, you know, and, and as a, you know, as a woman who wants to promote women, I'm like, well, you know, that's really, that's really impressive that she knows exactly what she wants and what she's doing. And, but, you know, as it got, time went on, it became a little bit more, I became a little bit more cynical as about what that was all about. What did she want your counsel on when you were in a meeting with her? Well, I, I don't think I ever got a direct question towards me. It was more about, it was more about her. She, she, at, at that same meeting, she presented us with, with the, this bill that she was very proud of that she had gotten passed. It was a bipartisan bill. And she gave us big copies on, you know, nice paper for each one of us. And I looked at it and I was reading it and basically it was, a, a petition, a, a bill to have the VFW be able to get new members from all the Afghanistan and Iraq veterans because they weren't in declared war. So they couldn't apply to be in the veterans of foreign wars because it wasn't a declared war. And so that was a bill that she wrote to help veterans get into the VFW. To you, it sounds like you saw that and you thought, OK, this is pretty small potatoes. I mean, it's good. It's not bad. But there's so many more things going on. We have half a million ve disabled veterans in the state of Arizona. We have so many disabled veterans in the state of Arizona and then the whole country. In the whole country, we have over four million disabled veterans. They need things and they don't need that so much. I don't, I don't think their membership to the VFW is more important than their prescription medicine costs and their, their right to vote and their right to not stand in 100 degree weather to, to vote, hmm. especially when they have PTSD or they're in a wheelchair. It's, it's heartbreaking. When we come back, Sylvia's expansive view of veterans' issues comes up against cold, hard reality. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory— Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. 
Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The story of how Sylvia Gonzalez Andersh drifted away from her role as an advisor to Kirsten Cinema, it's partially a pandemic story. After meeting up that one time in Phoenix, the Veterans Affairs Council started gathering online. After COVID, it just didn't make sense to meet in person. But the distance wasn't just physical. To Sylvia, over the course of months, it started to feel like her advisory group was just giving the senator cover. She'd been working with a progressive veterans organization called Common Defense. They seemed to listen when the senator wouldn't. I got to the point where I was so frustrated my friends, my really close friends, they would say something and I would say, I'm just so mad at her and so disappointed. I just want to, I just want to resign and protest. And then they kind of look at me and I'm like, but it wouldn't do any good. It's hmm. just, it's just me and I'm, who am I? I'm nobody. Nobody cares. But Common Defense listened to me when I said that. And they said, well, you know, maybe you should, you should check that out. And, and so I did. I, I went to the one guy that I knew in the Phoenix area. And I said to him in a, in a per- private, personal way, listen, I, I'm really upset about this and, and, and I'm thinking about doing this. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I've heard that too. I hmm. hear these rumblings. And so, you know, it was surprising to me. It was validating to me when I went to other veterans on the council and they said, yes, they felt exactly the same way. What was that call like when you got five folks on the line, and these are folks who maybe you've only been in formal meetings with before now. But now you're kind of like, okay, guys, <laughs> here's how I'm really feeling when I'm on those Zoom calls. Like, what was that like? Uh, I was a, a little, you know, hesitant, but I knew this other gentleman that I had reached out to. His name is uh, David. Um, he had felt the same way. So we got on the call and we kind of all spoke our piece. And then I kind of said what I felt and I we all came to a consensus. And and that was, you know, that was how it happened. And and then they said, well, who's going to write the letter? And I said, well, I'll write it. You know, I mean, I felt, felt like I, I had a duty since I'm the one that was kind of like complaining in the first place. So I, I said, I'm going to stay up and, and write this letter. So I, <laughs> it's kind of an absurd kind of comedy. I'm, I'm sitting there looking at my computer going, how do you write a letter of protest, a letter of resignation and protest to a senator? Um, right, there's no, go- like, Google form for that. I, I, I actually Googled it. I'm like, can I Google how I write a, 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 res, a you know, re- resignation letter? And I got, you know, some business corporate Google responses. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to have to just write what I feel. And, you know, we had come up to, with points in our meeting, uh, the prescription drug prices, voting rights, the Build Back Better plan. Dear Senator Cinema, as members of your Veterans Advisory Council, we feel as though we are being used as window dressing for your own image. After Sylvia and the other veterans finalized their decision, Common Defense made Sylvia and her letter the focus of a splashy ad campaign. Call on Senator Cinema to support the Build Back Better Act now. I was reading the letter, and those three points, voting rights, lowering prescription drug costs, passing President Biden's agenda, some might look at those and say, well, those aren't military issues. 
And I wonder what you'd say to someone who says that. Well, who are the military? We're citizens. We're 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 all citizens in the same in the same country, and we, you know, put our lives on the line for those values of voting rights. I mean, hmm. it's it's obscene. It's obscene. You also make some pretty just like straightforward allegations that you say of Senator Cinema, you've become one of the principal obstacles to progress answering to big donors rather than your own people. What made you so confident in saying that? Why did you want to write that down in this letter of resignation? Because it's the truth. I mean, nobody has been, had a meeting with her or seen seen her, you know, for a year, if not more. She doesn't have, uh, you know, outreach to, to actual voters. Common Defense has tried to meet with her several times to talk about disabled veterans, and she, she couldn't. They couldn't get a meeting with her. It was kind of like the last straw as far as trying to tell her that these were very important issues to veterans. You know, I realized something at some point, which is that so many people want to speak with Senator Cinema right now. They just want to get some something out of her, an indication of what she's thinking. Right. And you may be one of the few people to have her on the record saying like much of anything in the last few days. Because my understanding is that after you resigned, she called you. Yeah, she left me a voicemail at nine, uh, no, 6.45 in the morning. So she must have been calling from back east because Arizona is three hours different. And I kind of rolled over and picked up my phone and I saw it was a blocked call. And I'm like, I don't even have my glasses on. I'm not answering that call. <laughs> and so then finally, when I got myself together, I, I went back and I listened to the voice message. And I'm like, it's who? Would you play it for us? Uh, let me put you on pause here and let me listen to it. I don't know how I could. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay, let me play this. Hi, Sylvia. It's Kirsten Cinema. I'm calling because I wanted to let you know that I saw the letter that you and a few others sent yesterday resigning from the Veterans Advisory Committee. And while I'm very sorry to learn about your decision, I wanted to call and let you know how much I appreciate all of the service that you've given, not just to our Veterans Advisory Committee, but your great service to our country and to our state. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your service and to wish you well. Thanks. Bye-bye. The thing that mostly stands out to me, it doesn't seem to acknowledge anything that you said in the letter. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Because in one sense, it's very polite. It's a polite message mm -hmm. and kind very. in some ways, but also kind of keeps it pushing, I guess. Like it's not engaging with anything in there. And I sort of wonder how you felt after hearing that. I just felt like, well, that's par for the course. Do you think about what you'd say to her if you had a chance to speak to her face-to-face -face again? Well, of course. Uh, you know, we want to talk to her about how voting rights affect everyone, but especially veterans who, you know, fought for their this country and for democracy. 
we we need to be able to have access to the ballot box. And maybe she can, you know, realize that we're trying to help her here. We want her to do well. We want her to, to I mean, we there's there's a big pack that's already raising money to primary her. Hmm. It, you know, it, it, people are very upset. I mean, people are withholding funds in protest. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not donating. They're not reaching out and helping organizations that are trying to do this, the, you know, this work for the Democratic Party and for, for getting, you know, the Voting Rights Act and all these things passed because they're so mad. They're like, unless you, you know, unless something ha- changes with cinema, nothing's going to happen. So they're, they're just... You know, it's becoming a, a problem in, in, the, yeah. in the state. You know, something I'm kind of curious if you think about it, too, because something I think about a lot when I think about Senator Cinema is the fact that she's a woman, because obviously I'm a woman, too. And I wonder a little bit if I'm being harder on her because she's a woman or holding her to a higher standard or treating her differently in some way. And I wonder if you think about that, too, like how that intersects with how so many of us think about her role in Washington. It's a painful reality that you think that a woman would be supportive of women's issues and things that women hold, you know, values that women hold. And I, I I don't see that in her. I, I don't know. I, it seems like she acts more like a man, and maybe that's what she wants. That's fine. But you know, when I and when I was coming up, you had to be tough and you had to take it like a man and you had to act like a man. But as an older woman, I feel like we did all this stuff in the '70s and '60s, and younger women don't seem to remember that it wasn't always this way. And and you know, Roe versus Wade was, what, 73, 74? And younger women have never known that, that you know, you used to not be able to get a credit card in your own name. And you used to not be able to do all these things, which I can remember as a very young woman and, and being very proud of the fact that, yeah, we, we made these changes. But now it seems like they're just trying to take them all away. And, and for women in, in, in office to not have that kind of a, a respect for for how hard it was to get women's rights and how women have to, we don't want to go back. I don't certainly want to go back. And, you know, my daughter doesn't want to go back. Hmm. These things are all in jeopardy. Voting rights, women's rights, human rights, it seems like. Everything is in jeopardy right now. You mentioned how there's a robust debate going on in Arizona at the moment in Democratic circles about whether to primary Senator Sinema. And I wonder how you feel about that as someone who worked with the senator and pounded the pavement to get her elected. How do you think that's going to resolve itself? Well, I I, I don't know. I was in a in a Zoom meeting for over four hours with the Arizona Democratic Party, because I, I have a vote in that, in, in that, you know, group. And they voted almost 90 percent, 80 something percent to put forward, a, you know, a resolution to the executive board that if she doesn't, if she doesn't vote in favor of voting rights and the Build Back Better right, uh, Act and, you know, several things that we put in there, that they, you know, we gave the board 
the the ability to censure her. So that was a long, hard meeting um, with lots of discussions in there. And when the vote came up, there was no no quivering or you know no no just you know no scent. It was it was pretty unanimous as far as eighty percent. Do you think censuring her is going to make a difference? I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, there were people on there that said, oh, well, if you censure her, that's just going to make things worse. But at this point, everybody was so frustrated. It, it just, it, it was just, it was just like me writing the letter. We, we don't know what else to do, but, you know, we feel so strongly that we have to make some kind of a statement. Sylvia, I'm really grateful for you making the time to talk to me. You've been very kind. Thank you. Sylvia Gonzalez-Andersh is an Air Force veteran. She's also a former member of Senator Kirsten Cinema's Veterans Advisory Council. And that's the show. What Next is produced by Davis Land, Carmel Del Shad, Mary Wilson, Elena Schwartz, and Daniel Hewitt. We are led by Alicia Montgomery and Allison Benedict. And I'm Mary Harris. Come on over to my Twitter. It's at Mary's desk. Say hello. Meanwhile, stay tuned to this feed. Tomorrow, we're going to have What Next TBD. That is our Friday show. You won't want to miss it. And I'll be back here on Monday. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets.